Welcome to Bite Size, brought to you by Priestley's Gourmet Delights. Each episode will bring you ideas, news, and insights into the food service industry with a bite size summary. I'm Zanny Christopherson, and I will be your host. We've had a lot of requests for this episode. Today, we're tackling the age-old question, how do you get your business out there? We're diving deep into the world of hospitality marketing. Our guest is the formidable Astrid Kelleher. Astrid joined public in April 2022. She leads the investment and private equities group marketing and communication strategy for its commercial property holdings across New South Wales and Victoria. She's held senior marketing positions at iconic businesses like Crown Resorts, Lavazza, and Treasury Wines. Whether you're running a boutique venue or a sprawling resort, Astrid will share her insights on crafting effective marketing strategies to thrive in this ever-evolving landscape. Astrid, welcome to Bite Sized. Thank you for having me. That's okay. Thanks for joining today. I'm so excited to chat to you about marketing. But first of all, I'd love for you to tell me a little bit more about your position at Public. Mm-hmm. So my position at Public, I'm the general manager of marketing and comms. Um, so I look after everything from experience events communications. Um, so that's everything from positioning, key messages, talent management across our executive group, and then marketing, I guess, in its more purest form. So positioning, what our brand, what our venue is going to be to the brand identity right through to sort of launches of key venues, and then social media and what that looks like, digital strategies, and really taking that venue right through to launch and then, and then opening it and creating a guest experience. Awesome. So just a little job. <laughs> It's fun. It's very dynamic. <laughs> and so tell me, what sort of venues does Public um, own? So we have everything from hotels, pubs, bars, restaurants um, across sort of our holdings. Aspirations eventually is that all of our hotels will be very much stay-led. So consumers will, or guests will come and they will stay with us for a really great lifestyle hotel. Yeah. Uh, I think there's really good examples of that throughout Europe and throughout the US. And, and that's something that we're really sort of passionate about in Australia is bringing that concept where you'll come, you'll stay in a really interesting, different hotel that's really embedded in that neighbourhood. And then there'll be a really interesting amenity, whether it be a rooftop bar, whether it be a really interesting spa experience or a great restaurant that's had a really interesting collab with a chef or we've recently acquired the Maybe Sammy Group, who are the boys that are responsible for the world's 50 best bars in Australia. Nice. So we've got them as part of the group. So they are embedding themselves in the business and doing some really interesting cocktail lists. So I think all of those really interesting, authentic stories are what we want to create in our venues. So they're not just a stay experience. So they're not just a dinner or they're not just a drink. It's, it's a bigger, bigger, it's something that our guests will take away with them and think, I really enjoyed that experience. Well, sign me up. I can't wait to stay. It sounds amazing. So you've obviously worked at some really big tier one businesses. How does your experience with working with the public group, which I understand is a bit more of a startup environment, differ from working with the big tier one businesses where they have lots and lots of money to throw at marketing? So really good question. I think tier one businesses are obviously really well resourced, as you say, not just from a financial perspective, but also from a people perspective. So you have your insights team and you have great sales teams and you have really good operations and and all the things that come with that. I think my move across to public hospitality was something that I was really, I was really intrigued by and passionate about in terms of the fact that I could go into a business that really had nothing ready. So it needed a a team built and, and I guess decisions made around what was the best structure to service that business once we had all of our assets open and operating. And then also what 
the right systems were and, and platforms from a digital perspective that we should be on. So I think, you know, as much as working in a tier one business is incredible and you have all of those resources and all that great talent, the energy, the passion, the ability to move at pace um, yeah. in a smaller business is just as exciting and just as energising. So, yes. Yeah, I can imagine without the red tape, you yeah. move, uh, you move very, quick, very quick, very quickly, which brings me to my next question. So, how can businesses with smaller budgets effectively compete with larger chains in today's digital marketing landscape? And what strategies can they employ to future-proof their marketing efforts? It's a good question. I actually think coming maybe coming out in the last few years where digital is obviously the primary driver for marketing, I think for smaller businesses, it's actually really easy if you think about the pillars of what your business stands for, what you're trying to sell or what the experience is that you're delivering, particularly in the hospitality sort of side, social performance marketing, websites, you know, then they're relatively ineffective marketing tools. But if they're done right and they're done really aligned to the brand and and what you're trying to create and what you feel like your venue stands for, I think they can deliver just as much as a big budget. So... So you're using a lot of big words there. How would you start, like if you, if you were starting from, you know, ground zero without too much marketing, yes. how would you, I guess, start to understand the terminology that you're talking about yes. and start good, to build good, the knowledge on it? Good question. I think it's almost putting yourself in the seat of when you're actually a consumer. So when you're looking for a restaurant or when you're looking for a bar, where do you look? Is it on Google? Is it asking for referrals? Is it reading what broadsheets had to say? Is it looking up on Instagram and social media? And you can do your own survey of your own friends and family and, and very quickly you understand what are the drivers of that will have consumers or guests start to understand who your business is. Yeah. And then it's almost doing a stock take of all of those things that you might hear. So, PR drives them or social media drives them or I look on Google for best restaurants near me. Yeah. And then starting to check off and go through those and say, okay, well, from a search perspective, if I look on Google and say best restaurants in East Brisbane, do I come up? Yes or no. And then if you don't, then you really start to understand, okay, well, I need to look at that. Or if I jump onto my website, what's the first thing that I really want them to do? Do I want them to understand the menu or do I want them to book a table? And is it really easy for them to book a table? So that's probably the easiest way of doing your own stock take is looking at how would I approach the tasks that I'm wanting them to do? Yeah, and the experience as well, right? And the experience and then if I go through a little bit of a housekeeping or stock take of my channels that I've got live and that might be their Instagram or it might be their website, is it the best version that I could have? Yeah, and if it's not the best version then it's time to do a little bit of an update. And I think the best reference for that is having a look at who you would see as your competitors. So if you work in bar space, who do you see as as bars that you aspire to, that you think, I love the way they talk, I love their content on social, for example, and look at their, if it's a website, is their websites in other categories that you think are easier to use? So, I mean, digital, right? It's so complicated these days. It used to be just (laughs) Facebook. Now we've got Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure you can list countless others. How do we know which digital platform to best focus on? It's a tough question simply because it depends on who your audience is. 
So we have venues, for example, that ask you a little bit older and their demographics and the neighbourhoods they are in are a little bit older. Um, And so we know that Facebook and Instagram are the right platforms for us to be on and we know that our websites need to be a little bit simpler. We also have an amazing signature asset of ours called Oxford House. It's a beautiful lifestyle hotel in Paddington. Uh, It has a pool. It's very much targeted towards 25 to sort of 40, 45 males and females that are really looking for that sort of lifestyle, but also Instagram moment. That's an asset where we do have a TikTok account. We're very much learning at the moment. We're, we're letting user, we call it user-generated content, but I'll try not to use um, industry terms. We let our guests really use that channel for us at the moment as we start to learn how people are using it. We're using their content through. And I guess that's another great point because what we've just heard is that regardless of how big or small you are, you're always going to have to do some sort of testing and playing Correct. to be able to validate and make sure that you can then pivot to move to the next thing if it's not working. You are listening to Bite Sized Insights for the Food Service Industry, brought to you by Priestley's Gourmet Delights. The best thing about digital is that it's moving 100 miles an hour. Yeah. The best thing about digital is also that it is live. So if something's not working, you can change it on the spot. So if you need to quickly make a change on a website, you can do that obviously immediately. If a social media post didn't perform, then you know next time to do a a different type of angle to the post. So I think, yeah, it's digital... It's the best thing about digital is that it's it's live, it's organic. We can see how it's performing on a daily yeah. basis. Yeah, and that's, I guess, the other key, right, is it's, it's all data-driven. Correct. So you know exactly when it's not performing and when it is performing and you can do more of what's performing and less of what's underperforming. Exactly. Yeah. And you can also, you know, if if your particular venue is struggling at a particular time and you, you don't have the investment, you can easily turn money off. So you can easily turn investment yeah. off. You're not committed to things ongoing. So I think that's the best thing about um, about digital and it's it's the most relevant thing for smaller businesses. Yeah, amazing. Thank you. <laughs> um, the cost of living is a hot topic at the moment. How do you think consumers are changing their spending habits when it comes to dining out? I think I think to really be able to answer that, we probably need the ABS stats that will come out next week. I think the last quarter was probably we absolutely saw that spending was off and, and was was teetering back, less so in the hospitality industry. But I think this quarter we'll definitely start to see we'll see those figures look a little bit stronger in terms of it's it's a negative. But I think planning for it and understanding that you know that is a trend that we're seeing and getting on the front foot of it, saying okay, well how am I going to address that? Does the baseline business, and we're talking, I'm talking more specifically in sort of bars and restaurants and, and sort yeah. of hub space. If I look at my pipeline business, so if I look at the next three months, you know, do I have covers occupancy sort of booked? If I don't, is my private events business strong? Do I have enough Christmas bookings through for Christmas to try and drive that baseline so that you're not relying on walk-ins every night? Yeah. That may or may so not it come. really, again, it really comes back to data, right? So what, you, what data do you have right now that you can make some really good decisions about uh, to make sure that your venues are being filled? So based on, I guess, what you're seeing at the moment in the industry, Do you think or how do you think venues are adapting their marketing strategies to combat the pressure on consumers tightening their belts? I think there's a lot of obvious behaviours, price point activity going out. So things like happy hours and meal deals and kids eat free and credits when you go and stay in hotels. I think they're sort of everyday drivers that everybody uses as sort of marketing tools and initiatives to try and get 
people to book when they maybe maybe aren't normally booking. I've seen some really interesting examples recently where, and a good example of that is actually rewarding the older consumer. So the the older consumer who's probably less impacted by day-to-day spend pressures that they have a higher disposable income, they're potentially retired and they're sort of that travelling sort of nomad age is offering them incentives. So, you know, if you're over 50, you get a 20% discount and that fills your midweek, that fills your yeah. mid. So I think those types of marketing initiatives that are just a bit quirky and thinking a little bit differently, I think are quite interesting and, and cut through. But yeah, being on that front foot of, I think particularly now in hospitality, looking at what does the next three months look like and being on the front foot so that events, business, Christmas, festive season, we're bookings are naturally higher, spend per head is naturally higher. Yeah. It's capitalising on those now. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be a big, scary marketing campaign, right? No. To your point, it's no. just about thinking outside the square, what's your demographic, what's your consumer want and how can you entice them in? Absolutely. And yeah. you can use, if social media is the only tool that you've got, you can use social media to be able to do that. And that's just getting some great content out there around chefs might be doing something specific for Christmas or doing some really interesting video content around don't forget to book your Christmas booking. So it doesn't have to be over-engineered. It just needs to be really on trend with what your consumers are looking for. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So marketing can be scary for many. For someone who has no idea about marketing, where should they start? I know it's a really obvious one, but I think the best place to start is to just disappear into Instagram because you'll find very quickly all of your competitors, you'll find some really interesting global reference points and that will give you stimulus around what are they doing in their venues. And that, and I'm not talking about necessarily a promotion. It could be just that you can see the guest experiences or the different seasonal menus they're doing or really interesting cocktail content. And it will give you inspiration to come back to your venue. And I think, you know, most chefs would admit it. That's where they go for inspiration to create new dishes because it's just such a visual and engaging content platform. So I think that would be absolutely the reference, I think, right now and the easiest reference. Obviously, TikTok's another one, but it's just it skews a little bit younger and it's probably less easy to use. So, Astrid, you said that you love to lose yourself in Instagram. Tell me, what inspires you? Oh, gosh, you're going to catch me out now. So, I have two streams or two tunnels that I disappear. One is fashion. So, I can absolutely disappear down fashion. Generally, it'll be fashion from Europe. I absolutely love it. And I'll get inspiration from that. But the other one that I really love, and it's linked back to obviously my role is international hotels, like Turkey, Italy, just those boutique hotels. The hotel is so authentic and you can see all the touch points. Every single thing about the hotel has been considered. So whether it's the language they use on social or whether it's the in-room amenities, just that's absolutely inspiration for me is looking at international hotels as a base. And who are you following? So you've spoken about yes, the, the yes. fashion one and you've spoken about the hotel. Okay. Like, tell me more. I want to know. My favourite fashion um, store that I shop at, which we won't tell my husband, is Netta Porter and Matches Fashion. So Matches Fashion is probably my go-to. Absolutely love that. Love that app on that front quite frequently. And then from an inspiration perspective, I actually follow three and I don't even know their names. They're two are out of Paris, I think, and one is Spanish. And, yeah, they're just... I think also because I'm a little bit older, I think their content's just really good. And I, but what is it about the content that makes it so good? It's clean, it's engaging, it's always consistent, which I really like as well with any social account is that, you know, when you disappear into a vortex that is a brand or a, a social media 
talent is that everything they post is consistent and it feels authentic. So I think these days when Instagram first started, there was so much that was unauthentic. It was sponsored posts and ads. And I think what the Australian government's done in terms of bringing legislation in to make sure that everyone has to disclose that, so it's a sponsored post or it's a paid ad, I think that's been really positive for social media as a whole because the content now has to feel organic or consumers aren't misled that you know, somebody hasn't received something for nothing. And I think that's really strong pillar that we, you know, where I am currently, we really hold ourselves to is we don't pay for content. We don't pay for um, engagement of influencers. Sometimes we will absolutely do a comp if that's relevant, but generally, yeah, it's not a comp at all. It'll be, we really back our experience. We back our product. You know, Oxford House is a really classic example of that. It's a tiny hotel. It's a beautiful experience. Every single thing about it is beautiful. We want people to come and stay there, not because they have to from a paid ad perspective, because they love it and they hopefully will post about it because they love everything about that guest experience. Awesome. And prior to the podcast, you were telling me about the 25-year-old. Oh, yes. Fashion. Yes. So you were Tell about, me more about that. You were, ta- you were asking me about what's my favourite content at the moment. Yeah. There is a boutique and they can have a shout out. There is a boutique in Sydney called Girls With Gems and there is two females. One would be the owner and one, I think, works there. And their content is funny. It's engaging. They sell the product. They talk in such an authentic way around how it fits and how it doesn't fit and what the brand is and what they'd wear it with. And But they're funny and they're so endearing. And I think that just comes back to what I was talking about earlier about authenticity. Yeah. They work in the store. They're not paid content producers. They're not being paid to create that content. It's not content that's being pushed from them from the brands that they stock. It's actually their own content, and it's so funny. So and I'm yes. sure they've got lots of followers too, it's, and they do. They yeah. do, um, and yeah. So I can see them cult following. I would actually love to steal both of them and get them to do some content for <laughs> for some of our hotels. So yes, amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I'm certainly not on the TikTok bandwagon <laughs> yet. <laughs> I'm telling too much about my age. Anyway, so uh, what are the three top tips around marketing in terms of what businesses should invest in, regardless of budget? I think obviously digital, absolutely. So I think just thinking about website performance marketing, which is essentially Google. So what do you have in the Google space? And and if someone Googles you, what does that look like? Um, And then social media. But I think the biggest one is looking at everybody's going to have resourcing challenges, whether it be people or whether it be financial. I think looking at who you have internally of your business, that may be someone that can help you. So it might be that you've got a really young bartender. It doesn't necessarily have to be young, but you've got a really savvy bartender that is really interested in digital and loves digital and creates good content on their own personal accounts. Get them to help you with social media content. If you've got a great chef and every night they're obviously doing some incredible dishes that are coming out of the kitchen, get them to be filming what they're creating. So that's where good marketing stems from is authenticity. And I think that authentic content and authentic storytelling about what it is that you genuinely want your consumers to come and say about your venue and experience in your venue. If you focus on that and then you deliver that through your digital channels, that's the easiest place to start without having to spend a huge amount of, a huge amount of money. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for that. Thanks so much for your time today, Astrid. I've loved having you on. Uh, You've certainly helped me demystify the myth about marketing and really given me confidence that marketing doesn't have to be scary. You just have to start. 
So the three top things that I've taken away today is that guest experience is absolutely paramount. That consumer always has to be at the heart of your marketing campaign, regardless of anything else. And that authentic marketing will drive growth. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's Bite Size episode. We hope you got some industry insights and tips for your business. Subscribe to our podcast and tune in to our next episode. Feel free to reach out to me for any comments and questions via LinkedIn.